Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. This is the Eagle Hour with Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, and Dalton Stanford. It is the Wednesday edition of the Eagle Hour, live from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Broadcasting around the Super Talk Radio Network. Glad you're with us this afternoon. And so we're going to talk a lot of basketball today. Uh, right now, the women are playing in the opening game of the Conference USA Tournament. There's 40 seconds left in the game. And uh, the latest information we have, Southern Miss has just scored a free throw. It is 47 to 47-46 North Texas with 40 seconds left in the game. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, a proud supporter of all things USM, connected with USM Athletics. You can enjoy their great meats. They smoke them fresh every day in-house right next door to the Turtle Creek Mall in Hattiesburg or around the state uh, in a community near you. We're pretty sure you'll find a Dickey's Barbecue and remember, Dickie's caters every event, no matter how big or no matter how small. Uh, you can always sit back and let Dickie's do the cooking. Alan Chapman was a member of MK Turk's NIT championship team. He's going to be on the show here very shortly. He had a son that played basketball, too, and a daughter that is currently on the USM volleyball team. So we're looking forward to talking to him uh, in the second segment. All right, Kelly, down to 13 seconds, 47-46. North Texas over Southern Miss. This thing has been going back and forth, back and forth. Now, these two teams are are in the middle of the pack as far as seeds go. So whoever wins, obviously that would be great news, and we're hoping the Lady Eagles can pull it out. The bad news would be is that the winner of this game gets top-seeded Rice, and the Rice women have only lost three games all year. Right. But, I mean, you know, they've lost. So, I mean, obviously it's possible. But whoever wins this game would have an uphill Uphill battle against uh, Rice. Well, the Lady Eagles came into the game seventeen and twelve, nine and seven in the conference. North Texas just fourteen and fourteen. They were seven and nine in conference play, but uh, they beat the Lady Eagles earlier in the year, sixty-two to forty-eight. Uh, so obviously, this is a much closer game. Uh, Kelly and I are watching this on Game Tracker. Obviously, they're shooting free throws and fouling because the game has slowed down considerably. A lot of timeouts. You know, the, yeah. the one, one complaint people have about college basketball is that there's there a lot of timeouts. You know, and th- those last two minutes of a game in a game like this seemingly can go on for 20 minutes or so before you, you right. crown a victory. But I'll bet the Lady Eagles are going to pull it out here. All somehow. right, this is the first game of the ladies' tournament. Uh, up next, Old Dominion will play Florida Atlantic. Uh, Charlotte will play Louisiana Tech later today, and Marshall will play UTEP tonight. And you say the winner of this game we're currently watching uh, plays the number one seed. Number one seed, Rice. And like I said, they've only lost three games all year. So, uh, uh, And, and you know, you'd, you'd think that if you're in the Lady Eagles situation, if you're able to pull this one out against North Texas – you know, then you'd have to beat Rice and then probably have to go on and win the whole tournament in order to get any type of a postseason bid. 
Right. All right. Last night, uh, or actually this morning, uh, they did announce the uh, player of the year and the coach of the year in men's basketball. Kelly and I, of course, were hoping that uh, Doc Sadler would uh, would get it. But instead, it uh, turned out to be Jeff Jones, the head coach of uh, Old Dominion. Also, B.J. Stith uh, was the conference player of the year. He's an Old Dominion guard. So, uh, Kelly, Old Dominion takes all the gold. You really you can't necessarily blame them for, for voting for uh, Jones. It's the third time he's been a conference coach of the year, not in Conference USA, but his third award. So, obviously, he knows what he's doing. His team finished first. It was the only team in the regular season that finished with less than double-digit losses. So, there's, a, there's certainly a good argument to be made there for uh, Jeff Jones. But, but I – just based on the expectations. I mean, you go back and look at the preseason expectations. Old Dominion, depending on which poll you looked at, was supposed to finish first, second, or third. Okay, and, and that's where they did. You look at Southern Miss, they were supposed to finish middle of the pack or worse. And to see the job that uh, that Southern Miss did, particularly with the start they had, Bob, we've talked about on the wow. show, it would have been real easy for the, the Eagles just to tuck their tails and say, well, it's another another tough season for us. But they didn't. They battled back and uh, and – that says a lot about a coach and his ability to keep a team together, keep them focused, and understand it's all about you know how you finish. And I just think, based on that, and obviously we're a little biased, uh, I, I understand the argument for Jones, but I think if you, if you put them up you know, together, the body of work, Doc Sadler did better work this year. You know, if you give it automatically to the first place coach every year, why isn't Bill Belichick the coach of the year? Every year in the NFL. You'd like that, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. That'd just be one more. And you know what? He could care less. <laughs> he could care less. But, I mean, if, if that's all you're going to do is vote for whoever finishes first, right. I mean, Belichick would be first um, every year. And it, it doesn't happen. All right. One second left in the game, and the Lady Eagles are now trailing 49-46 to 46, uh, to North Texas. And that has gone final now. That's a final? Yes. North Texas has defeated the Lady Eagles 49-46. to 46, So, most likely – Lady Eagles basketball season is over. Uh, yes, correct. Uh, back to Doc Sadler and the men's coach of the year. I would be willing to bet you that Doc would much rather win the tournament than win coach of the year. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And he actually was very gracious when he tweeted out congratulations to both uh, you know Stith and, and Jones. You know, I don't think there will be as much an argument about Jones getting coach of the year as Stith getting player of the year. He had an average year. I mean, it was not. It was not anything that would knock your socks off. He's a junior. You know, he's got another year. He was. He was on the all preseason conference USA first team. So whoever's handling his media relations is doing a pretty good job. Right. Um, but I'd like to see the fo- the final vote tallies. Conference yeah, USA yeah. isn't releasing. You know how the votes came out in these different categories. I mean, you'd certainly think that Doc Sadler was second. second. Right. But how close? Of a right. second is what I'd like to know. Right. Last eight CUSA Basketball Coaches of the Year awards have uh, come from eight different schools. So it's been pretty spread out, obviously, across the league. But again, Jones, at every level he's been at in Division One, whichever conference he's been at, he has won Coach of the Year at some point. So obviously, you know, he knows what he's doing. And, um, and the Monarchs were clearly the number one team in the league, you know, over the regular right. season. But the mm-hmm. fact that Southern Miss went in there and pod play and beat the Monarchs on their home floor, that's just another good, uh, you know, arrow in the quiver of Doc Sadler and the body of work that he's done this right. year. On the women's side, uh, Rice dominated. Uh, you can understand that. Tina Langley uh, was the coach of the year. And I'm going to let Kelly pronounce who the player of the year was uh, for Rice. 
Go ahead, Kelly. Erica Ogumwinki. There we go. That's why. That's why we pay Kelly the big bucks. I think she's from Waynesboro. He, uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of Ogumwinkies in uh, in uh, Waynesboro. Uh, Rice uh, has dominated on the women's side, so uh, no no surprise there. All right, the men's tournament uh, obviously going to be played as well. That kicks off tomorrow. Louisiana Tech will play Florida Atlantic in the first game. UAB will play Middle Tennessee. Florida International will play North Texas. And Marshall will play Rice. The Golden Eagles will get the winner of that Marshall-Rice game. Actually, I think this starts today, Bob, the men's tournament. You can, and then Southern Miss saying. plays because we got to buy. Eagles got to buy. So You're correct. Two o'clock this afternoon. Okay, yeah, and then correct. and then we would get the winner of Marshall and that's right. Marshall they and Rice have more than one court in right. this facility. That's right. That's exactly right. So that's right. So those games are today actually, and the first one will be in about what fifty minutes, and that'll be Louisiana Tech and Florida. And you can watch those games on uh, on Facebook or Stadium TV. Those are those channels that are way up there on DirecTV and Dish. Right. You know, but uh, and if, and the Southern Miss course gets a bye, and the Eagles will play late tomorrow night. Now, if they win that game, then they're into the semis, and then they go on national TV on CBS Sports Network. Right. So. So the Lady Eagle basketball season has probably ended today uh, as they lose a three-point game to North Texas. Much closer than the first time they played them, but uh, you got to say disappointing when you lose to a 500 team. They have been so streaky all year long. Unfortunately, they were on a bad streak, you know, as as the season kind of ended. Uh, you know, you'd sit there and go, "How could they lose to that team?" But then Joy Lee and, and the Lady Eagles would come back the next three and beat, you know, the two, three, and four teams in the league. You know, so it's just it's just been a battle of ups and downs, and today was a down and in tournament play, it's one and done. You That's know? right. Men's team still alive, of course, and uh, we're all be watching that very closely. We're going to be talking to a member of the NIT Championship Tournament team here shortly. And Kelly, you and I had this discussion uh, earlier before we went on the air. What is the best basketball team Southern Miss has ever had? Is it the team Alan Chapman played on? Was it the Weatherspoon? team that uh, had the kid first name Dallas and Dallas uh, Dale yeah I guess Bob it would just I guess it just depends on what a fan wants as far as entertainment goes a team that won and was entertaining you I mean, there's no way that there's anybody better than that NIT team right. I mean instead of instead of taking an easy layup they'd throw that gold 23 lob in there to Derek <laughs> Hamilton and he'd slam it home and the place would go nuts right you know right. so they they understood the value of the entertainment dollar and you know it's it's just sad to me that that in this day and age you know I have a, a son a college age son and he's never seen Reed Reed Coliseum rocking right. every night like it was back in the late 80s when they were you at the t- you top of the this, game don't you we came we, we saw it we, we towed the house, house down. down that's right <laughs> who would have who would have thought that would have been so iconic there even all these go. years later Alan Chapman was there the night that was said we'll talk to him next on the Eagle Hour Southern Miss to the top. 
Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. My buddy Kelly Sanders with me, along with Dalton Stanford. We're in the First Bank studio in Hattiesburg today, broadcasting the Eagle Hour around the Super Talk Radio Network. Well, the Lady Eagles, if you're just tuning in, just dropped a three-point uh, game to North Texas. They are out of the Conference USA Women's Tournament, and in all likelihood, uh, their season has come to an end. Again, the men play tomorrow at 8 o'clock, Kelly, tomorrow night? Our time, that's 8 right. 8 o'clock tomorrow night. And uh, that's on Facebook, so you will be able to watch that. Uh, that still sounds kind of crazy to me, but that's actually a pretty good way to watch a sport. Hey, the, and the way things are going now, you know, Bob, Bob you and I are just going to have to accept that this Internet thing apparently is not a fad. I don't think so. <laughs> Apparently, it's going to well, be around a while. You, you know, now Samsung has canceled all of their Blu-ray players. Hey, watch I mean, your language. What did you say? Who? who? Samsung. What? Samsung. The, the big. Can he say that on the? <laughs> I, I don't think so. Well, you know, when Blu-ray first came out, it was the biggest fad ever, and then they're uh-huh. saying now they're not making them anymore because everything's going to streaming and Ultra HD 4K. And so even Blu-ray players. Also, do you remember when you could go to a blockbuster mm-hmm. movie store and pick out movies? Oh remember yeah, that, Kelly. We used to have I a do. video store right down here that I remember going to get DVDs and Carno- Carnival and Video. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, right. I remember that. Huh? You know, I invested a lot of money in video stores and Betamax. It all worked out. Wow, well, I thought Betamax <laughs> was before me. But. Yeah, that was a great investment, Bob. <laughs> That's All why right. you're still working at age 81. You know? <laughs> in radio. Yes. Oh, It'd be better if I was a lawyer or something. <laughs> right. Working in radio. Uh, basketball, of course, uh, everybody's mind right now. Great season for men's basketball. I had the pleasure of meeting our next guest at the basketball game. He's there, uh, yeah. Saturday afternoon. Alan Chapman was a member of the most iconic Southern Miss basketball team in history. The NIT championship team, he played for the legendary M.K. Turk, uh, has had a son that played basketball at Southern Miss and a daughter who is currently an athlete. So this is a Golden Eagle. Welcome, Alan Chapman, to the Eagle Hour. Hey, Bob, Kelly, glad to be with y'all. Well, we're glad to have you. Pleasure to meet you Saturday afternoon. I'm sorry you were sitting with Al Holder, but, you know, somebody has to sit with him. Correct, Alan? That, that's right. It's, it's, it's a good seat and a heck of a game. Man, yeah. they were hot. Uh, try to describe, Alan, for, for people who may have not been able to go this year or chose not to go, what an exciting basketball team Doc Sadler put on the floor this year. Yeah, it, it, it reminded me a, a little bit of Coach Turk's philosophy is that um, basketball is entertainment. And if you want to put people in the stands, you got to put an entertaining brand out on the court. And um, those guys were getting up and down the four. They, they were shooting the three. They had, they had some dunks. They, um, they played good defense. They, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Got me up on my feet a few times yeah. and pumping my fist. And, yeah. Um, it was good to see. We just need we just need a crowd in the Coliseum to match what was on the floor. When you were playing for Coach Turk, were you guys conscious of the fact that basketball was entertainment? Did Coach Turk ever talk in those terms, or was it something maybe you guys as players didn't didn't think about? Um, it, it, it was just that 
I, I don't know that Coach talked in those terms as much as he coached in those terms. I mean, yeah, I mean he's the one drawing up the plays with the with the lob twenty three play to Derek, and I mean, how many times do we run the alley oop play for for them to throw it down? I mean, he, he's drawing that up in the timeout. We practice that regularly, so I, I don't know that he was necessarily telling us we got to be entertaining. He he knew he had the talent to be entertaining, and he he took that talent. And Drew up plays to make it work. Now, and and I, we actually talked about that, and I, and I want so badly to call him by his college nickname, but he didn't want to go by that anymore. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call Can him. You share that? Uh, well, it's up to him. Okay, but but I, I think I'll, I'll I think I'll just call him Alan. But um, the per, I think what goes unnoticed, and a lot of people wouldn't know this, Alan, is that off the court, a lot of your teammates had the exact same type personalities that they had on the court. Derek Hamilton. John White, Randolph Keys, all those guys had as much fun off the court. We used to do the MK Turk show at WDAM-TV, and Derek Hamilton had a segment called Derek Hamilton at Large, where we would literally, you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, we would just give him a microphone and just let him do what he wanted to do, and they had a blast. So you Yeah, could, that was dangerous. Y'all were bold to do that. Um. <laughs> we never once wound up in court. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's because you had good editors. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, they had, yes, am I, am I on to something? Oh, you're spot on. Yeah. I mean, no, there, were, there was no, I mean, it wasn't even putting on airs. I mean, they were, that was a loose bunch of guys. And, um, and you know, it, it was just the right measurement of, um, you know, the coaches keeping us, you know, pointed in the right direction and nudge we nudge us in the right direction when we needed it. But I mean, there was no doubt we were we were going forward. We were in motion. Because, because you know, you never. Anytime you're under pressure doing something, you don't tend to perform as well. Mm-hmm. But I think what Alan That's was right. just saying: these guys were so relaxed and having so much fun. How could you not, as a fan, see that they're having fun and feed off of that and have as much fun as fans? Oh, yeah. Well, and we enjoyed being around each other. Uh, I mean, whether that was um, on the court or back in Van Hall or uh, going to the movies. I mean, the 13 of us that made up that, uh, that were players on that team, we we were all very close. And what town? Still are today. I mean, there's... There's a group text. I mean, all it takes, you know, most of us are on there. All it takes is just one of us sending something out in a group text. And, man, my phone is going to blow up the rest of the day. I mean, they'll just, I'll go into a meeting and come out, and there'll be, you know, 80 messages. The fact the fact that your your children have also been Golden Eagles, Alan, the fact that you'll also, you'll always be memorialized as a member of that NIT team, does that make you a little bit uncomfortable that people are still at times talking about, you and your teammates' accomplishments when your own kids are there now? Because I know as a parent, I naturally kind of want to, you know, talk about my kids and not so much me. Do you find yourself in that situation ever? Um, It's not uncomfortable. I I mean, I have fond memories, and and so does most of the Golden Eagle Nation. And so, I mean, it's, you know, it's like coming home to me. You know, if, I, if I'm in Hattiesburg and somebody recognizes me and, and talks about that team or a game or something like that, it, 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 it's warming. Um, 
and my kids don't mind it. My wife's probably the only one that minds it. She thinks my head inflates when somebody sees me or asks for an autograph. She's like, oh, God, i got to deal with him now. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> uh, Alan, put in perspective, uh, I-, I won't name these teammates of yours off. You're included in this list, obviously. So it's you, Derek Hamilton, Randolph Keys, Casey Fisher, Gerardo Hinton, John White. Put in perspective the level of talent that was on that basketball team. Oh, it, it, it was phenomenal. I mean, look, I was I was just fortunate to be have my wagon hitched to those horses. <laughs> you know, I, I, I had a front row seat for some pretty entertaining basketball, and you know, my role I, I was certainly a role player. My my role was um, to to try and make them better in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and but no f- phenomenal athleticism and talent just just raw ability and man just <laughs> incredibly grit of competitiveness you know when, whenever whenever you win a championship like you guys did everything kind of it has to be a perfect storm everything has to kind of come together remember mk turk was in the last year of his contract mm-hmm. right they win the nit dr aubrey lucas at the time says on national tv we're going to extend his contract did you know the iconic uh, phrase that bob used going into the break we came we saw we towed a house down did you ever <laughs> did you ever think that we'd still be talking about that all these years later no i mean that that was just something casey said you know it was like i like a thousand things he said and it's just the media or somebody would pick up on it and next thing you know they're making t-shirts out of it right yeah, yeah you know it was just one of the things casey said all right now casey fisher told us this story on this show alan i want you to tell me if you think this was true oh goodness they're playing i believe he said it too lame and the game gets going, and he gets the ball, and he's down in the corner, and he takes a three-pointer from the corner, and he misses the shot. Coach Turk calls timeout, calls him over, chews him out. Casey, that's not your shot. I don't want you to take that shot again tonight. Now, according to Casey Fisher, about two or three minutes later, he finds himself in the same situation. And to use the terminology, he said, the spirit took me over. I fired up another three from the corner, hit nothing but the net, bottom of the net. Coach calls timeout, motioning me over there. I'm thinking, oh, Lord, he's really going to get on me. Coach Turk says, Casey, you remember what I told you about shooting from the corner? He went, yes, sir. He said, forget everything I said. Just keep shooting. (laughs) And let me tell you, when Casey Fisher got hot, buddy, feed him. (laughs) Get get out of the way. Uh, So are you buying that that story, Alan? Um, yeah, I buy that story because it probably happened more than just that once. <laughs> Casey never met a shot he didn't like. <laughs> now, I can remember Casey Fisher setting up to take a shot, looking down, realizing he was on the line, taking a step up. back so he could shoot the three-point shot. All right, we're talking oh, to yeah. Alan Chapman, member of the iconic Southern Miss NIT championship team. We're going to continue our conversation if you'll hang on with us through the break, Alan. Yeah, I'd love to. All right, Alan Chapman, when we come back on the other side of the Eagle Hour.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I want to thank Campus Bookmart uh, for sponsoring uh, the Eagle Hour. Third segment, of course, is always sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Kelly and I can personally vouch for how good the food there is. Uh, great uh, lunch specials five days a week. Uh, great sandwiches and meals that you can get any time of the day. Uh, they've got a great uh, collection of Southern Miss memorabilia you'll always enjoy. And, of course, pool and all the good things that uh, make it fun to go to 4th Street Bar and Grill. And uh, we encourage you to do just that. We're talking to Alan Chapman, who is a uh, member uh, for the iconic Southern Miss NIT basketball team. Alan, we're going to move on to current basketball, but i, I got to ask you one thing. Uh, this is something Kelly and I were talking about earlier. People that weren't a part of the fan base when you guys won the NIT uh, may look back and say, oh, well, you won the NIT, you know, 65th best team in the country, whatever. <laughs> yeah. They have no idea, do they, the level of excitement that that run created in Mississippi. Yeah, it, it, it was something else. I mean, I, just, I mean, we open up at home against Ole Miss. I mean, how great is that for an opening round game? The Coliseum, I mean, they're hanging from the rafters in that, that game, and we, we spanked the Rebels. Um, <laughs> then then we, we go on the road, and uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend in St. Louis and beat the Billikens in an overtime win. That moves us to round three. We go on the road to Vanderbilt. Will Purdue's on that team. We beat Vanderbilt. Um uh, I think Casey's we New York City bound baby. I think that's what he said in the locker room <laughs> after that one. Uh, we go up to New York for a week, um, and we're playing Nebraska in the semis. Uh, little side note, you know, uh, Doc Harrington. Doc was a travel coordinator, as among among other hats he wore. And uh, we're walking out the door of the of the Marriott Marquis, and Doc's handing us all money to get cabs to get down to the Madison Square Garden. And it, I mean, it was a train wreck. <laughs> we, I didn't know how we got down there. So for the championship game, he, he's abandoned the taxi cab plan, and it's only like four or five blocks, guys. We're just going to walk it. So we're in game uniforms, warm ups. <laughs> Tennis shoes we're going to wear, and we're hoofing it from Madison's, from uh, the Marriott Marquis down to Madison Square Garden. Yeah, but you know, and, four, uh, four city blocks in New York is a little bit different than four city blocks in Utica. You know, we we had more people coming up to us. Not amazed that we're a basketball team, but that we people are really from the state of Mississippi. <laughs> um, we go into the Garden and uh, and and beat LaSalle and the L Train uh, and, and win it. And uh, that night, Coach Turk, we in the locker room, you know, settles down, we're getting ready to leave, and he's like, "Guys, the curfew is seven a.m. when the bus leaves." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been um, a long walk back home. Yeah. So we uh, we we fly back into Jackson, and from Jackson down to Hattiesburg, there was a steady stream of black and gold lining forty nine. Right. Waving pom poms, sitting in lawn chairs. Yeah, magical. Cheering us what back to Hattiesburg, and, and you and know we walk into Reed Green, and there's like sixty five hundred people in Reed Green welcoming us back. Good stuff. That, that's, and I still hear stories today. I'll, I'll meet somebody and go, "Oh, I was, I was, I was a junior." 
during that run. We had the biggest party on campus that night y'all wanted. <laughs> I had actually said, I was telling uh, Bob in, in the commercial break, Alan, that, that I called that game. I called y'all's game there on the USA Cable Network. I don't even know if it exists anymore. But, uh, but we went to commercial break. I thought my microphone had been turned off. But I said yeah. kind of under my breath to the other announcer, I said, man, I would give anything to be on Fraternity Row tonight. <laughs> <laughs> because I hear tell that it was bananas on Fraternity yeah, Row that night. You guys I won it, it all. rocking, no doubt. <laughs> Someone told me last week, I, I don't know if it was Kelly, I can't remember who said this, and I agree completely, there should be a bronze statue of M.K. Turk at the entrance of the basketball arena. With that iconic holding two hands up with the two fingers, twenty-two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think there should be. And you know, if you look at, if you take a look at M.K. Turk's career, Bob, and compare it really to Doc Sadler's at Southern, they really kind of came to Southern in the same type of situations. Mm-hmm. M.K. Turk came to Southern when basketball was an asterisk. You know, they'd right. won two games, I think, right. the, the prior season. Steadily built it, you know, to where to where right. it became. And Doc kind of took the program when he was down. Right. It slowly, you know. Right. So there are some parallels there you'll see right. in those two careers. So, Alan, talk about this current team and Doc Sadler. And, and what do you think, uh, as a guy that really knows the game, what do these kids have to do to win this tournament they're at right now? Um, play as loose as they did on Saturday against UTSA. Mm-hmm. If they if they just play with a confidence and and a, and a looseness and don't get tight, they got a good shot at winning that thing in Burton, Texas. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt in my mind. And how do they, you do that? How do, how do you not, as a player, how do you not tense up and and maybe play a little tight? Um, it, it, it's it's got, it's got to come from the coach. The coaches, and, and it's got to come from the other players, and just keeping each other loose, and don't don't let anybody get too deep in their own head. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just you know I saw something on Twitter. It looks like they were at Top Golf today. You know they don't play today. That they're finding some stuff to do other than sit in a hotel room and, and get in your head. So I, I, it's you know looks like they're going down the right path. And really, so far, so good, because when you look at how they have performed on the road this year in conference play, they've done very well in neutral courts. They've done very yep. well. So so whatever, okay. yeah, I, I hope that they continue to emulate that, you know, as they play in the tournament. But, Alan Chapman, I want to ask you, let's, let's just, you know, we're doing hypotheticals here. Let's suppose the Eagles win, you know, tomorrow night and, and get to the semis. Tomorrow they win, that's 20 wins. Um if, if they don't get to the NCAA tournament, does this team, will this team get consideration by the NIT or CBI? Yeah, I, I, I think I think they got to have consideration by the NIT. You know, it's going to it's going to have an impact of like who else gets, you know, is sitting on that bubble for the NCAA and, and, and doesn't make it. But I, I would think. I mean, heck, I, I think Doc should have got Coach of the Year. I uh, see that Old, Old Dominion's coach got that. But, you know, what we picked seventh preseason, right. he finishes third seed but tied for second. Right. Still with the scholarship reduction and the hell he's come through to get to us to this point. Yeah, we, we talked uh, about that at the top of the show. I give him a, I give him a lot of credit. He, he's Coach of the Year, in my opinion. And, I, I, you know, I spoke to him Saturday and told him how much I appreciate him, you know, <laughs> navigating the ship through some pretty pretty rough waters. And he deserved every bit of um, 
enjoyment this year is delivering. You know, and there's something else I want to want to point out about Doc that we haven't mentioned yet, Bob. Doc is not the youngest guy in the world, as far as you know, NCAA mm-hmm. coaches go. I don't know, he's late fifties, maybe early sixties. And a lot of people thought, oh, he's just he's just going to set it on cruise control, work mm-hmm. till he's sixty five mm-hmm. or whatever, and then you know go to the house. That has not been the case. No. I mean, he has had to work, and he has worked like a 28-year-old coach out there to try to get this turned around. I also heard that, oh, at his age, he'll never relate to these kids. He won't be able to, you know, communicate and get these kids on board. All of that's proven to be inaccurate, hasn't it, Alan? Yeah, and, you know, it's taken some while, a while to get there, but there, there have been a lot of other items surrounding that challenge. But, you, you know, you look at the kids that have bought in and they've stayed. You look at a Kevin Holland who, who has stayed five years mostly through, you know, NCAA reduction in scholarships and no postseason play, and he's been able to keep kids like that engaged and, and stay in the program, and now, now they get to see some of the fruits from that label. Right. All right. Uh, before we run out of time, you had a son that played basketball. You have a daughter that's currently playing volleyball. Am I right? I do. Yeah. So are you a volley? I guess you're a volleyball dad now. <laughs> uh, so my daughter played basketball in high school, and um, you know she she'd get the same post game treatment as my son did. We'd go back to the house and put on the tape and and watch, and I'd give you know. Instructions. Uh-huh. I, I think my daughter chose volleyball because I didn't know anything about that sport. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, my kids call me the privacy statement. And people go, why do they call you the privacy statement? I say, because they don't pay any attention to me. Right. You know? That's it. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. it. But, yeah, she, she, looking, you know, it's hard to believe we've blinked, and now now this, this coming fall will be her senior year. Um but she, she's enjoyed being a Golden Eagle. And I tell you, I, you know, you ask a question about, you know, do I, do, does it put me in an uncomfortable spot about being recognized or associated with that NIT team versus my kids? As special as that run was and, and as much as I got out of that and enjoyed that, nothing compares to watching my own run out on the same court that I did. Yeah, good for you. That's right. And uh, to them, I'm guessing you're not a member of the NIT team. You're just dead. Oh, no, they they know. (laughs) 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 They they, they know when when their friends come to Hattiesburg, somebody comes to see them, uh, it's like a family ritual that they have to be taken to the east side of the stadium and go stand by the plaque and point to my name and get a photo and send it to Dad. I got you. So, yeah. Hey, Alan, great conversation, <laughs> man. Not, hey, great pleasure to meet you Saturday afternoon, and uh, want to thank you for being on our show. Oh, my pleasure. Appreciate the invite. All right. Appreciate what y'all do. There you go. Alan Chapman, everybody, a member of the NIT championship team. We'll be right back. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
Hey, welcome back, everybody. This segment sponsored by our good friends at Carter's Jewelry in Petal, Mississippi, Evelyn Gandy Boulevard. Your home for the Southern Miss to the top jewelry and a beautiful selection of jewelry uh, for every member of the family. And uh, they can always custom design anything you might like as well. Give them a visit. Evelyn Gandy Boulevard in Petal. Shea Carter and her staff at Carter's Jewelry. I want to thank Alan Chapman. That was a fun conversation uh, having him on the show. It's just, I don't know, you can't really talk too much about those days. And, uh, of course, now all of our eyes will turn uh, to tomorrow night uh, when the Golden Eagles uh, make this attempted run to win another Conference USA Championship. All right, baseball uh, back on the slate tonight after playing their last seven games at home. USM takes to the road tonight. Uh, 6.30 contest tonight at Louisiana. They say Louisiana Lafayette here, Kelly, so I guess you can still say that. Uh, The Golden Eagles uh, won their last four. They enter the week week with an 8-5 record. The Raging Cajuns, prior to a Tuesday night contest with New Orleans, or six and nine, having dropped two out of three to Loyola Marymount last weekend, and I don't know what the uh, score of the UNO game was last night, but Lafayette leads the series, Kelly, twenty-seven twenty-two, and they have been playing baseball with each other since nineteen twenty-five. I remember that year. That was a yeah, pretty that good was year, a good twenty-five. Year you, yeah, yeah, just pre-depression. Um, but you know, and things could be problematic this weekend up in. Um, up in Ruston at La Tech is the weather forecast uh-huh. looks terrible again. 90% yeah. chance and maybe really? thunderstorms and tornadoes in Ruston. You know, I, I don't ever remember. By, and, of course, if we don't get the rain this type of this time of year in Mississippi, we're sure not going to get it in June, July, or August, right? right? But, but I don't ever remember a year to where the weather cycle has been rain every weekend. You know, rain and yeah. cold every weekend. It has got to be driving these baseball guys nuts. It has wreaked havoc on high school and college. It has, and I don't know how they're going to. I don't know how they're going to. You know, one or two games, you you can find a way to make them up. But right. good heavens, these and these are right. conference games now. You're starting to talk about. Yeah, they're important. Uh, softball last night improved to thirteen and ten. Uh, the Lady Eagles defeated Alcorn State twice last night, uh, seven to nothing in the uh, opening game, seven to two. In the nightcap, uh, so the Golden Eagles now are thirteen and ten, and uh, one and two, I guess. Yeah, one and two in college. You know, you coached softball, Bob, uh, at the youth level for some time, and, and it seemed to me that that years ago, and here again, listeners going, "Oh, these two old guys talking about you know back in the day," but, but really not even years ago, but maybe five or six years ago, softball games at the collegiate level were two to one. Right. You know, one to zero and in extra right. innings, a right. lot of slap bunting and things like that. Now, when you look at these scores, I noticed William Carey's and Pearl Rivers women's teams. I mean, they're winning 13 to nine, mm-hmm. you know, seven to six. I wonder if something has changed that I just missed that all of a sudden when there were no runs about five or 10 years ago. Now, all of a sudden, all these teams are putting up big numbers. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that, but you're right. I, I know that when fast pitch softball began to catch on, it was a pitcher-catcher right. game. That's it. Whoever had the pitcher and the catcher won. You don't have to look any further than Courtney Blades, right? And she was the best one ever, probably. When Courtney yeah. Blades pitched, they never lost in my Pretty much, you're right. Maybe not a hundred percent, but but the scores were two to one. Right. You know, one to nothing. Right. You know, bunt, 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 bunt. You know, but right. now they're not obviously not bunting when they're putting up thirteen runs, nine well, runs, well, seven runs. Scored fourteen runs. There you in, go. In uh, fourteen innings last night. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what the answer to that is. But uh, you know, it's um, 
It's good for the fans. Yeah, because I, I think yeah. yeah, most yeah. fans would probably prefer a high scoring game. I'm you know again I'm kind of old school. I like the the low scoring strategy. Mm-hmm. You know a lot of strategy in in, mm-hmm. in baseball and softball. But man, they they are putting up some runs at all the collegiate levels in softball this year. You know that occurred to me last night. Uh, well, when I heard their record, uh, Mississippi State is I think seventeen and one. Their one loss was the one run loss to the Golden Eagles. Uh, that appears to have been the right hire. <laughs> Is that fair to say? Well, they're, they're women's sports really all around, and, and obviously we're a Southern Miss show, but you got to credit where credit is due. Yeah. I mean, the Mississippi State women won the SEC basketball you know, title. Uh, could very well contend for the national championship again this year. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. They're, they're, and they're, baseball? Ten, and, ten, ten appearances in the World Series? And good for them that they've yeah. gotten their programs now to the level that they can compare to us. Yeah, it took them a long time. <laughs> it did, it did. And, uh, you know, there for a while, they just quit trying. Yeah, yeah. They, so, just, they quit playing and, uh, good for and them. quit trying. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I keep going back to it. Uh, basketball tomorrow night, uh, big game. But before we run out of time, we had Todd Munkin on the show a couple weeks ago, and you and I interviewed him. You set the interview up. And Todd Munkin told us on the show that day that they had to get better at wide receiver. He's now the OC in Cleveland. And lo and behold, they trade for Odell Beckham yesterday. Not just any wide receiver, but Not just any wide receiver. <laughs> and you know, Kelly, you just have to wonder how magical a year will this be for the Cleveland Browns with the talent they now have. Baker Mayfield and Todd Munkin calling the play. Yeah, but the pressure's on now too, you know. Yeah. But wait, yeah. but if if you're a gambling person, which I'm not, I'm not, but but if you're a gambling person and you happen to put a hundred bucks down on the Browns to win the Super Bowl like three months ago, right? When the odds shape. were a million to one, well, those odds are coming down steadily. The so. face of that conference has really changed. Yeah, the the, the, the Browns, I gotta believe, are the are the favorite to win the, the AFC, AFC North. Yeah, isn't I, that crazy? I would agree at this point. Yeah, and good for them. Yeah, good for them. Long time coming. It would be nice for football. I agree. Something like that. All right, that wraps it up for today. Kelly and I'll be back tomorrow at one. We hope you'll join us. And until then, everybody, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Into the Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.